Hello, everybody. This is Jimmy Humphrey with Jimmy's Table Podcast from jimmystable.com. You are listening to your host, Jimmy Humphrey. Welcome to today's show. As always, Jimmy's Table Podcast is about talking about conversations centered around faith, life, culture, and sometimes food. Today is episode number four, and today we are going to be talking about purpose. Why am I here? What am I doing? What's this all about? Um, you know, the big questions, things that we, you know, start asking at uh, a young age, or at least having others ask us, because, you know, we all, you know, went to grade school at some point, and at some point they asked us, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, you know, we all have different answers. we we want to be firefighters, we want to be doctors, we want to be athletes, we want to be this, we want to be that. And, and questions around what we want to be when we grow up, well, they start becoming uh, more and more important as we get older because we start coming to the point where we have to pay our bills, put food in our stomach, clothes on our back, and take care of some kids. Well, I want to ask this question, ultimately, um, of you, but I want to share about uh, my own story because I, I kind of find it interesting, uh, to say the least, and in many ways perhaps typical, but not typical. Um, so, you know, here we go. When I was asked what I wanted to be when I grew up, I said at some point uh, when I was like in elementary school that I wanted to be a weatherman. And I, you know, liked the weather. I, I saw it on TV, um, and I always enjoyed listening to it. I noticed it was always a very important part of the news broadcast that my parents listened to. And, and when it was time to announce the weather, well, everybody seemed glued to the TV. And I was like, man, that, that sounds pretty cool. And, and you get to get on TV, and you're not only the center of the TV, and who doesn't want to be the center of attention, right? <laughs> um, but... Uh, you know, look at it. You're talking about something that impacts everybody's life. You know, the weather helps people make plans for the day, for the week, for the month. Um, and, you know, it can be the deciding factor between a good day and often a bad day, all depending on what the weather was and how people responded to the weather forecast. So I thought, hey, that was pretty cool. And in elementary school, my, my school growing up had... Uh, prior to when I was prior to being homeschooled, had a closed uh, circuit television um, news position in the morning for the sixth grade classroom, uh, and and uh, I had the opportunity to audition for the weatherman uh, position at school, and well, I got it, and it was pretty cool, and I did a really good job. I seemed to uh, really hit it out of the park, and I was kind of something of a uh, local celebrity uh, at school as a result because I was kind of one of those goofy weathermen. Um, if you live in the Charlotte area and you have for some time, you perhaps remember Mark Mathis on uh, Fox, the local Fox affiliate who used to get up and, uh, you know, kind of be a goofball and say, you know, all sorts of goofy things not having to do with the weather. Um, and I was kind of that sort of character before there was a Mark Mathis. I, I got up and, yeah, I told the weather. But I also did uh, Elvis impersonations and, you know, other sort of corny sort of stuff. And uh, I made a lot of people laugh in the process. 
Um, and as a result, at the end of sixth grade, I was voted the sixth grade class clown um, at uh, the end of uh, sixth grade, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, and then today, I realized people were actually, they, they weren't laughing with me, they were laughing at me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, rightfully so. But anyway, so I wanted to be a weatherman when I grew up. Well, as I got older, though, um, I realized that weather forecasting wasn't all fun and games like I had in sixth grade, uh, and that it was actually pretty serious, uh, that it was kind of uh, actually based on things like math and science. And at the end of the day, I discovered, well, I wasn't really interested in the math and science aspect of the weather. I wasn't actually interested in cumulus clouds and the difference between the other types of clouds and barometric pressure and fronts and things having to do with actual scientific discipline of meteorology. Um, well, questionable scientific discipline of meteorology. We know they're not very good at actually forecasting things, so it makes you question how good the science really is. But anyway, uh, I'll leave that for another topic on another day, or for those who want to, you know, deal with that. Um, but anyway, um, so, you know, I wasn't really interested in the nuts and bolts of it. I thought, you know, just the weather aspect of it was kind of cool. But, you know, as I got older, I learned that to actually kind of go hand in hand and there aren't too many news stations looking for a goofball meteorologist who can just sit there and tell funny stories while you know giving the five-day forecast uh, I just wanted to be that guy and you know I learned ah, probably not a good career choice there so I kind of gave up on it um, well after that I was kind of left without any sense of what I want to be when I grow up um, and I eventually ended up answering that uh, question as it, as it grew on me over the years as I began my journey in faith and thought, well, you know, I believe God is calling me to ministry and to pastor a church and plant churches and, and that sort of stuff. Well, I went through Bible college and seminary pursuing those purposes, but uh, as I like to say, life happened. And, you know, while I still felt a very deep sense of calling to ministry, um, you know, that's ultimately something I felt like maybe God wasn't calling me to do uh, as an occupation, um, that it was something much more just personal, um, but having nothing to actually do with what I want to do for a living every single day for the rest of my life. So after that, um, I began a very hard journey of you know, discovering um, what I could do and my talents and my abilities and my skill sets. Uh, I started applying for a variety of jobs and, uh, you know, kind of discovering that not many people wanted somebody with a theology degree to come work for them. Shocker. <laughs> uh, didn't matter how smart I was. It didn't matter uh, to many how analytical I was or how uh, strong my... Um, communication skill set was or any of that sort of thing. So I was kind of, uh, you know, stuck in a rut. And, you know, one thing would eventually lead to another and I would go back to school and, and get some, take some classes in uh, legal stuff and some finance stuff and uh, knocked on a lot of doors and uh, sent out hundreds of resumes 
visited many um, headhunter type of individuals to, to try to find a job through a temp agency and that sort of thing. And one thing led to another and uh, God opened up some doors for me and I somehow ended up in a world that I never imagined as a child or as you know somebody going through college. Uh, I ended up working, uh, landing a job and starting a career at one of the, uh, the so-called big bad banks um, as a mortgage underwriter. I didn't know anything about mortgages, yet here I was being hired by a bank uh, to underwrite mortgages. Um, and they just, you know, saw something in me that uh, sparked interest. They they saw some of my finance stuff, and they thought, hey, you know, my my theology degree made me kind of analytical and perhaps good with people. And they thought those skill sets with some of my finance stuff and being good with people uh, might make me a halfway decent banker and mortgage underwriter. Um, but you know, it's interesting because I entered this field that I'm currently in, and I discovered well. Not too many people aspired to be a mortgage underwriter when they grew up. And I, and I discovered more and more that nobody except for actually one, no, two people that I have actually ever met at the bank ever thought as a child that they wanted to do something in banking um, and specifically underwriting. Um, not too many people dress up uh, and, and go in front of their classroom and, and, and wear a suit and a tie and bring a briefcase and wear a name tag that says J.P. Morgan <laughs> uh, when they want to tell their classroom what they want to be uh, when they grow up. Um, it's just not a profession a lot of people aspire to, yet uh, I've discovered that it's a profession that a lot of people uh, end up in, especially for, for people like me who live in the greater Charlotte, North Carolina area and an area which has been a uh, kind of a bank hub over the, the formation of the, the city's history. Um, and so it's something that I just kind of fell into. And you know, I don't think my story is uncommon in that regard, and it's nothing uh, spectacular. Um, it's, it's pretty typical. And actually, I kind of put this, this question recently out on the Jimmy's Table Facebook page um, for some uh, you know, followers of the page to kind of talk about what they wanted to be when they, they grew up. And, um, and many of them sh uh, shared similar stories. Not all of them uh, grew up and became what they wanted to be uh, when they grew up. And many people just kind of accidentally kind of fell into uh, their career. Uh, for example, uh, friend Josie. She said growing up that she wanted to be a teacher, although she wasn't really sure why. Um, she says she used to play with a chalkboard and easel and stuffed animals and that she would teach them math. She didn't end up becoming a teacher, though, she says. Uh, Josie says she ended up becoming uh, and majoring in engineering, and that's what she does uh, for a living now. However, she has used her engineering background as an opportunity to coach the Science Olympiad um, and using her background in math and logic and engineering in order to help uh, kind of uh, teach these kids uh, scientific principles um, and to, uh, you know, kind of arouse their curiosity about things. And so she finds that pretty cool. Um, but Josie says, you know, maybe she haps, hopes one day perhaps to go back uh, and pursue a uh, possible teaching 
uh, career. Uh, another follower, Kevin, says he wanted to be a fireman when he grew up. Uh, he wanted to ride on the back of fire trucks and racing down the road with sirens blaring. Um, he says he didn't fulfill his dreams. Um, he realized at some point that he had something of a weak stomach, and he just realized that there are certain things in life that he couldn't ultimately handle, uh, things that once you see, you can't unsee uh, sort of things. be kind of interesting to learn how uh, what sort of things maybe Kevin saw that caused him to realize that. Um, he said uh, he still wants to sort of become a firefighter, but ultimately um, he doesn't think he could stamp, stomach such things. But the thing he does right now um, as a manager at um, a uh, sort of sports complex sort of thing that he's involved with, um, he thinks uh, that career he's involved with right now is pretty awesome uh, and that he enjoys what he's currently doing. Um, another follower, Stacy, says um, she considers herself kind of in the minority. She, interestingly, kind of, uh, she actually wanted to be something very specific growing up. At the age of nine, she discovered, Stacy discovered, that she wanted to be an occupational therapist. And, uh, you know, to this day, she says at the age of 57, she's an occupational therapist and she loves it. Um, and then I asked her kind of like, well, you know, I asked her about that. I was like, occupational therapist, what child in their right mind at the age of nine says, I want to be an occupational therapist when she grows up. Who, who even knows that's a thing when you're nine years old? Uh, turns out Stacy uh, says that her mom's friend was on the board of directors for a school of handicapped children. And she used to hang out with her at the school and help uh, and volunteer during summer camps. And she says by the time she was in sixth grade, uh, she was fluent in sign language and uh, interpreting uh, stuff, and she helped in that uh, aspect of things. And she just knew, based off of um, her involvement in those things, that occupational or speech therapy was um, what she wanted to do. And she ended up becoming an occupational therapist at the end of the day. You know, that's very cool, uh, and I think that's a that's a pretty neat story. And, you know, several other individuals uh, shared their stories as well that have a similar theme of wanting to be one thing and becoming another. Or there's a couple people who also said that they, uh, you know, became what they wanted to be when they grew up, even though maybe that um, career path wasn't discovered by a straight line. Some of them I know had to, to zig and to zag uh, to get there. So, you know, how has that been... For you, where do you find that has fed in your life? Well, I'm sure you, if you're like most people, you kind of, you know, fell into your your job and you became something than perhaps what you, other than what you dreamed, um, up as a kid. And and I think one thing I've seen in my life, uh, not only in my life, in the life of others, is that our jobs. Uh, tend to be something that we all sort of ultimately just fall into. And it's almost something um, that instead of finding our job, our jobs sort of find us um, more often than not. Um, so, you know, I asked these questions and I got to thinking about these things. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a topic that's been important to me, not only in my own personal uh, development in my life and, and, and the direction I've uh, pursued, 
Um, but you know, when I think when we ask kids at an early age about what they want to be when they grow up and, and those questions about uh, occupation kind of have a way of morphing into purpose. Uh, a lot of people sometimes uh, get out of college, they go to college for one thing and, and don't end up becoming that or people find that they get in a job uh, and they ultimately hate it and they want to find something else one day um, because it just feels suffocating or they just hate the type of work and find it grueling and demeaning and meaning, meaningless uh, to them and so they kind of bounce from one job uh, to another kind of trying to find their purpose uh, in this world um, but you know if I think when we when we ask about purpose and tie our purpose to occupation uh, we're kind of making a mistake. I think it's wrong for us to associate um, purpose with occupation. Um, and personally speaking, I look at um, purpose being something of um, an eternal thing about who God is, what he's called us to be, um, who he's made us to be as uh, people, versus occupation, which instead of being eternal, occupation, I think, is something that is always um, contextual. Occupation is understanding um, the garden God has placed us in and ultimately the work that needs to get done in order to make whatever garden uh, we've been placed in to flourish. Um, and, and I want to look at a, at, at a verse here um, when it come from the Bible um, when it talks about purpose and when we think about purpose because I think we so get up caught up in purpose and occupation and relating the two as if they were one and the same um, when I believe that at the end of the day they're not. Uh, I believe purpose is eternal and if we were to look at uh, Romans eight twenty eight verse or I'm sorry Romans chapter 8, verses 28 through 29, Paul says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. So I think when we ask questions of purpose, God, what's my purpose? Why am I here? Um, we often make those questions very kind of self-centered in a way. We, we're, we're focused on us, and people who would give us advice about discovering our purpose would tell us to look in our heart, see what it is that we love, and the things that we want to do, and what makes us burn, uh, what, what, makes, you know, what stokes our fire, uh, you know, what, what really gets us up and energized, and uh, what we uh, ultimately enjoy and find meaning uh, and, and as helpful as such advice can be, I think it still misses the mark because it focuses the question on purpose on um, ultimately us. We're asking, what's my calling? What's my purpose? What's, what's the thing I'm supposed to do? What's, what's my ministry? What's, what's this? What's that? And it's, it's all about me, 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 me at the end of the day. Um, and I think that's the wrong question to be asking when we're sitting there and asking questions of purpose I think we need to ask questions that are of eternal significance we need to sit there and think well not what's my purpose what's God's purpose what what's God's purposes for this world and and how can I fit 
in to what God is ultimately doing. So what's God's purpose? What's he doing? And how can I participate in that? And when we look at that, I think we get a very different answer that differs from ultimately what is centered around kind of self-actualization and selfish desires that kind of burn uh, in us that sometimes may even be at odds uh, with uh, God and what he's doing in this world. Um, you know, if we, and we really look at that in, in Romans from that passage I just read, you know, we need to really break that down because he says that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him. Well, if you love God, you know, God has a plan for this world and he's going to cause all things in his supernatural sovereign um, power in this world, uh, his oversight of this, this, of this world and his involvement in the affairs of men. He's going to ultimately cause all things to work for our good if we simply love him. Um, but those things work, it says, according to his purpose. You get that? It says that we are called according to his purposes. So all those things that are going to work out ultimately work out for the good of us? Yes, absolutely. But they work out according to his purposes. And those purposes, it says here in verse 29, are ultimately so that all those whom he for has foreknown, that he is predestined to become conformed to the likeness of his son, which is ultimately Jesus Christ. So God has you here for a purpose. And that purpose is not so you can slave away at a job from nine to four or whatever shift you want to work <laughs> or occupation you want to take up um, and what you want to do to make a living. Um, our purpose in this world, it says in Romans, is to ultimately be conformed to the likeness and image of Jesus Christ. So the purpose we have and all whatever it is we end up doing for a living is the purpose that God has for everything in our lives is ultimately to make us more and more like Jesus Christ, to be more godly, to be more humble, to, to be a servant, uh, to be an individual who excels at love, uh, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, um, and all those wonderful virtues that we read about elsewhere in the scriptures. God wants to make us look like Jesus. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you can never discover maybe what God has put you here for um, and what occupation you think he's wanting you to occupy from, uh, from an early to late age in your life and, and be the central thing that you work on, um, you know, if you do a million odd jobs for the rest of your life and become broke or become poor or, or become a millionaire, um, you know, at the end of the day, if you don't discover what those purposes were and you do a thousand million different things, but you end up looking like Jesus at the end of the day, well, then you will have fulfilled your purpose in life. Um, and that purpose was ultimately to, to make you more and more like Jesus. But if you get to the end of your life and, and you've become a titan of industry and changed the world by you know, making the latest and greatest technology and solving this problem and that problem, um, and you've done all these great and tremendous things and, and uh, been very successful and been named in all sorts of Hall of Fames and, and you know, been uh, just somebody who excelled at something like nobody's ever excelled at anything before. If you get to the end of your life and you did all that, 
but you didn't become the person that God wanted you to become, and that is a person who's been conformed to the image of Christ, well, then you'll have never discovered your purpose, and you will have ultimately wasted all of your life, no matter how good it is you were at doing the thing that you did every single day. I, I think that, uh, my friends, is uh, a purpose uh, that we need to take to heart. So we need to learn to ask the right questions, not what does God want me to do for a living, which, you know, is an important question, um, and tying that, per, you know, occupational aspect of our lives uh, into our purpose, but to ultimately step back and say, well, what's God doing in this world specifically? What is he doing in me? And at the end of the day, am I being called to be, and at the end of the day, am I conformed, rather, to the image of his son. Because, you know, if you don't do that, if you do all that other stuff and don't make yourself conform to Christ, I, I, it's all been a total waste. And we will have suffered our lives and, and, and gone through so much in our lives, all for it to have been a waste. Because at the end of the day, if we didn't come out looking like Jesus, what was the point of our lives? Congratulations, you change the world, make some sort of technological you know, advancement for the betterment of all of society, and then all of everybody else died anyway. Uh, and will have forgotten everything you ever accomplished, and in a hundred years, they probably won't even have a picture of you to show to anybody. So, congratulations. I hope you're, I hope you're happy. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's something... Uh, to think about. But once we've, you know, discovered our purpose in life and, you know, seen the type of person that God wants us to be, I think we can take that mindset and we can apply it uh, to a million different contexts. And that those contexts will, uh, you know, they'll vary at depending where we are in our life. Like, like if we were to ask questions of purpose and, and what has God put me here to do, and you talk about that at the age of 16, well, you know, at the age of 16, not too many people are probably going to care what you think you're here for and what you're ultimately going to do one day when you grow up. Uh, but they are going to say, well, hey, can you flip a burger? Can you sack some groceries? Can you clean that floor? Um, and I think when it comes to occupation and relation to purpose, we have to see that that occupation is always a contextual thing. We have to, like I said earlier, understand what garden God has placed us in. And then we just need to look around and say, well, what can I do to help? Um, we may serve in a wide variety of occupations at our lives. Our jobs as a teenager is going to be different than the jobs we uh, probably take in our 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s and maybe even one day 90s if we you know all start living long enough um, but you know those occupations may have very little you know to do with our sense of purpose and calling in life like my my job as a banker as a, as a mortgage underwriter analyst uh, really has very little, I think, to do with my eternal sense of purpose and calling uh, in life, because my my calling is ultimately, of course, to be conformed to the image of Christ, uh, and and I think you know God has put me here to, in some way, minister to others, to to share thoughts about who God is and how we can have a relationship with Him, and, and what's that look like in life, and how and what can I do to better equip other people to 
to be more like Jesus and to you know walk in their callings and purposes in life and and uh, discover you know their their ultimate uh, relationship with God and what's that look like. Um, so you know I, I have those sense of purposes purposes which I went to college for, um, but you know those those purposes may ultimately show up and. Um, wide varieties of ways like for example I go to bank to the bank every day and work um, and I'm not uh, you know pastoring at a church or planting churches or any of that sort of stuff um, but you know I get to bring um, the analytical skills that I've developed over the years and that are uh, I have and I sit there and think well how can I better help my employer use my analytical skills and my ability to abilities to communicate um, to uh, further whatever causes they have and it's turned out that um, my sense of analytical skills and um, fine-tuned knowledge of things has helped keep me gainfully employed um, for the last several years in, uh, in a bank um, but you know I don't always imagine that you know maybe that's what I'm gonna do for the next 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 years of of my life um, you know, I, one person on Facebook talked to, uh, Tina, she talked about how, um, she is, um, currently in the medical field, um, but, you know, she wonders if perhaps in the long term, um, that, you know, maybe she has interest in maybe running a food truck one day. Well, she's working full-time currently in the medical field, and she loves it, and she feels that she's skilled and gifted in that arena, but, you know, maybe it's something she wants to explore or something else one day. She's not sure what that's going to look like. But I, I think that's kind of cool. You know, we don't have to limit ourselves in our lives to one occupation or two occupations and get our sense of identity uh, caught up in those sort of things. Um, and s instead, I think, you know, people like Tina or some of the other individuals I uh, read from earlier or, or even myself, you know, they, they had a very practical sort of um, mindset when it came to uh, their occupation. Instead of maybe perhaps trying to get a sense of self-actualization through their work, uh, they discovered who they are as people and what they're made of, um, but they didn't limit their occupations to, to those things. Um, instead, they simply said, hey, what am I good at? How can I better help someone else meet their needs? What is a problem somebody else has that I can help, that I can fix, that I can make better, that I can add value to? What can I do to better serve someone else? And I think when it comes to occupations and, and our purposes and things of that nature, that is the best question that we can ask. After we discover who God has made us to be as people in, in the eternal context, we simply need to ask, what skills do I possess and how can I better use those skills to help somebody else in this world accomplish whatever it is they're trying to accomplish. What can I do to serve and help somebody? Now that's going to require taking a personal inventory that might, you know, say, hey, what am I good at? You know, what makes what makes me feel good when I'm like, man, I, I can do this and it makes me feel good and it makes me feel alive. Um, and I can do it over and over again and never get tired of it. And, um, you know, so other people seem to benefit of it. Um, I think asking questions like that is better than this sort of, um, sort of, God, what do you want me to be when I grow up? Because what happens if you ask that question? 
and you ultimately don't become uh, that thing. You risk ruining your life trying to um, beat a drum um, that nobody else wants to hear. It's kind of like some of these American Idol contestants you see over the years. For those of you who may still watch American Idol, I did at one point, I, I don't anymore. Um, but, you know, you see these people who, who loved music. They loved to sing. They love playing instruments. And they loved it. And, and, you know, they had some people tell them that they were good. <laughs> well, as we all know from watching American Idol, some people were far too kind uh, in their applause and comments um, and encouragement of other people. Because some people love to sing, but some people don't sing very well. And they, you know, like me, like, I love to sing. I always tell my wife that I have a song in my heart and that I got to get it out. Well, the problem is that I love to sing and I love to get it out. But a lot of people wish I would just keep it in, <laughs> uh, including my wife, especially since I butcher those songs much along the lines of uh, some American Idol contestants. I make those songs sound like songs that they should have never sounded like to begin with and insert lyrics um, into songs that were never written uh, to begin with. So... You know, when it comes to these things, you know, we have to take an honest, hard assessment of ourselves, check our inventory and say, you know, what gifts and talents and abilities do I possess? You know, maybe have some friends and family point us in the right direction. Um, but, you know, ultimately, we just have to put ourselves out there and say, what can I do to better help serve somebody? And will they allow me to do it? And will they give me a paycheck to do it over and over again? Um, but, you know, we should always not limit ourselves to, to one point. We should always continually say, well, what new skills can I develop? Uh, what additional things can I learn? Um, and just expand our horizons constantly and so that we can further evolve over the years and do things um, and possess skills that may be valuable now um, but may not be valuable in the future. But, you know, if they're not valuable in the future, we're going to adapt and learn new skills uh, and new talents and trades that can better help other individuals. Because I think, at the end of the day, that is a Christ-like mentality that we should all possess. And that is that of a servant. That I'm not here to, to self-actualize myself and, and to, to become something grand and big and wonderful and something that gives me, you know, a great sense of fulfillment. Although, if it does... That's, you know, certainly an awesome bonus uh, feature to having a job. But, you know, those jobs may be temporary. Those jobs we could get laid off from. Um, and I worry about people who, who tie up their identities to their occupations because those occupations at the end of the day can be very fickle and subject to a very volatile uh, economy, an economy which may say, uh, we're willing to pay you today, but not tomorrow. Uh, your services are no longer needed, um, and you may have a pink sheet hanging in your locker. Um, and, you know, I know that experience. I've, I've been that individual uh, who's been laid off from a job and who's been told you're no longer needed around here. Uh, so how do you adapt to that? Well, you adapt to that by ultimately realizing what your eternal purposes are in God, asking God those big questions, searching throughout the scriptures to find out how you fit in God's big picture of things 
and then simply looking to say, okay, God, you've, you, this is the person you've called me to become. This is where you've, you've placed me. Now what can I do? And allow me, Lord, to do whatever it is you've, you've placed me in this garden for. Allow me to do it with Christ-like vigor, with Christ-like love, with Christ-like passion, with Christ-like endurance, with Christ-like patience, with Christ-like humility. And let me ultimately do it with the same servant's heart that Christ himself possessed. Because if we do that, you know, we may do a thousand million different things in our lives, things that we forget that make major differences in the lives of of untold number of people. Um, And we may not know well into eternity what those differences are and what those impacts were on the, the lives of others. But at the end of the day, so long as we know that we became like Christ in all that we did, um, then so long as we did it, uh, and as as if we were him, as and as if we were doing it unto him, um, then we will have fulfilled God's purpose for our lives, no matter what our occupation has been. So anyway, I hope you've all enjoyed this conversation today. It's been kind of a rant, I realize, but, uh, you know, that's cool. You know, I'm not trying to make this, you know, a very formal, stuffy uh, broadcast um, on this podcast. I'm just hoping to be a casual conversation. And I thank all those who participated in helping me develop this this podcast today. Um, and your feedback on Facebook. I really appreciate it. Again, my name is Jimmy Humphrey, and you've been listening to the Jimmy's Table podcast, jimmystable.com. Feel free to interact with me on Facebook, on Twitter, or you can email me directly at jimmy at jimmystable.com. Um, and, you know, I'd love to hear back from you. Uh, also, feel free to subscribe through um, the jimmystable.com website or on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else this podcast may be ultimately broadcast. Hope you're all having a good time and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. This was episode four of Jimmy's Table Podcast. Take care, everybody.